This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. And we are live again, another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants, IT specialists in small accounting firms. And with us today, Sean Parikh. I am so excited. He's with Integrity. And today we're going to be talking about offshoring. And this is one of those topics that is very, very uh, divided in how people are looking at it. There's a lot of stigma behind it. However, there may be some benefits to it. So I'm going to try to, to crack this cookie. I, I'm curious how, how Sean's going to reply, but Sean, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Andrew. Hi, how are you? Thank you for inviting me today. And I'm also equally looking forward to talk to you. And uh, we had some, you know, great conversation before this, starting of this. And I think uh, we, we think alike, you know, when we look at accountants, we both want to solve problems for small accounting firms and, and help them compete with large, big fish in, 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 in sea. So I think what brings us together is, is our our feeling and our wish for small accounting firms to, to grow. Yeah. And so we were both on the the uh, MyCPE uh, continuing education for transforming your accounting firm, why the most successful firms embrace disruption. Afterwards, there was kind of like a roundtable discussion and some people were on one side of the offshoring conversation. Others were on a different side of it. So, I mean, just getting it out of the way up front. So there's obviously, especially in America, a stigma behind offshoring and having remote workers that are in another country. So why would someone do it? And, you know, we're, are we taking jobs from hardworking Americans? You know, what's, what's your response to that? Well, uh, taking away jobs from hardworking Americans, definitely. This is a, this is one of the concerns or apprehension, or you can say, uh, it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, a lot of accountants tech tell us that, you know, uh, sometimes it's, struggle to find staff in their locality. Uh, staffing remains number one challenge in accounting industry by far, consistently since the last seven, eight years. You picked up, you pick up PCPS survey, and they will rate staffing as a number one challenge across all sizes of accounting firms, not just small firms or mid-sized firms or large across and number one problem, hiring staff and retaining staff. So, so if that would have been a problem, you know, that would have been the case where these jobs, you know, were being taken from hardworking Americans, as you say, this would not have been a challenge. Now I'm not trying to kind of completely, you know, uh, you know, put this under, under the carpet. No, uh, you know, globalization is, is, is a natural phenomenon where uh, all countries kind of work together in a trade. So, Again, offshoring is such a natural phenomenon. 
large tech companies are doing work globally. They sell their products globally. Amazon is, is, is doing that. Apple is doing that. A lot of these companies have their back office in India. You know, technology, you are uh, you are running a tech, tech company. You know, this hiring developers, hiring programmers, this is happening, you know, since last 15, 18 years, uh, wherein uh, they are hiring tech, tech, uh, tech staff based in India. So accounting industry has been doing that. We have one of the pioneers in accounting industry for accounting firms and helping them in building offshore teams. Um, but now it is scaling really, very really fast. So you can say that accounting industry or accounting firms have been little late adapting, especially US and Canadian side of accounting firms. They have been little late in adapting to what we call as building global teams. However, uh, definitely this globalization or, or building offshore team, and when you look at a macro level, there will be some level of disruption in, 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 when it comes to jobs going offshore or, or work going offshore. There will be some level of disruption. So it's 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 there. It's just like you know, your lot of firms are adapting automation or artificial intelligence, or a lot of firms adapting new technology. That takes a little bit of work from an existing staff member, but that's how you have to move in this competitive world, you know, and grow. So it's a natural order, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we've, we've worked with organizations that were offshore. So we have experience with the primarily having American citizens working with us. And we have a few offshore staff to help the off hours and kind of fill in the gaps and make sure that that our customers can get taken care of. And one of the misconceptions or yeah, misconceptions that I had going into my own experience with it was for most things in my life, my experience has been, you get what you pay for and everyone is aware offshoring, it costs less money. And so the preconception that I had was yeah, this costs less money for these workers and I'm going to probably get a lower quality, I guess, employee out of, out of what I'm paying, but they're not doing a lot of work. It's more of a just in case of emergency. And, but even though that person wage wise was getting less. They were literally one of the hardest workers that we had ever had. And they weren't entitled. They didn't come with some of the, the, the issues that we were getting with our full-time people. So in my head, what you, you know, the good service isn't cheap, cheap service isn't good. How is this different? So uh, this, I, I want to just quote uh, one of the incidents. Uh, uh, one of our clients, Tiffany Tour. They are, you know, they are based of, they are an accounting firm based in uh, San Diego, California. Uh, so uh, she told me they are a small firm ran by uh, her and her husband, and they have three people. They have built an offshore team of seven people with us. Last three years, and they are really happy. They have given reviews to us, and they 
uh, have been recommending us. So she told me that, uh, uh, well, she was interviewing somebody hiring onshore in their office and just a, a person just out of college, you know, uh, wanted 50 grand in salaries and and a commission on, on every tax that he does. Now she thinks that she needs she needs to train her him first, get him onboarded, and it takes anywhere from three to six months, and then and then you run a risk as a small firm that if he runs away, well, all investment goes. <laughs> you don't have a choice. So she she was so much against offshoring when she started because it was her husband Mark who wants to get started. And he posted that let's let's get started and we'll see. Today they have a seven people team. So so what you're saying is right. Sometimes you know uh, people feel that uh, after working with offshore staff, maybe uh, skill wise they are one notch down because the ecosystem is still building. You know for accounting, tax, finance, knowledge of US or Canada or you know other other countries. It's not definitely not as old as the home country ecosystem there, but but they, they understand the humility, they understand uh, the commitment and the motivation and the sincerity work is, is very high because for the natural reasons, there are not that many jobs out there in India which has, you know, which has this kind of perks or this kind of salaries made because India being the developing nations. That is one of the reasons that people are feeling more respectful and more committed towards their job. So that's that's one thing. Uh, coming coming back to what you mentioned, that uh, people think, you know, that you know, people used to ask this question, coming, you know, are they really making a good living out of this, you know, ten dollars, eleven dollars hour person? And then Chris and then a couple of my colleagues have visited America, and I let them answer this question, you know. Because they know, Chris often tells them that typically when you go to Starbucks and you pay four dollars for the coffee or three dollars for the coffee, it typically costs you less than ten or twelve cents in, in India. So it's it's, it's it's that arbitrage of you know lower cost. So these people working as accountants and associates for you from our office reasonably make a very good living. Uh, uh, and again. Staffing is a challenge, whether it's India or America. So we educate our clients that it may so happen that uh, we may be able to provide you good staff, but one out of 10 times it may happen that the staff just cannot meet your expectations. Or staff is probably, you know, uh, he's either too much qualified or underqualified or under experienced than, than what you typically want. So that's, that's probably happens whether it is any industry, any business, or it's an accounting firm. So we make sure we tell the client in advance and then tell them that, um, hey, I think I, did I froze? You're still good. Okay, cool. So, uh, um, yeah, so we tell, educate our client that this is kind of a process where, you know, you have to invest. When you're shifting offshoring for the first time, it is like you know you are trying to learn in the first phase, explore, and whatever changes it brings, you adapt and, and kind of expand from there, scale from there. That's what the natural phenomenon is. And you brought up a good point that 
staffing is going to be a challenge no matter what you're up against. So even hiring people locally, I mean, through our company's history, call it eight years, we've probably hired, I I looked at the number recently, we'll call it 500 to 600 people through merger acquisition, hiring, growth, firing, we'll call it 600 people. Um, Of those 600, there were maybe 20 or 30 people that I would say are just absolute all-stars. No matter where you put them, they will excel in their journey. A-plus players that attract other A-plus players. But to get 30 of them, we had to go through another 570 that were B, C, and D players. And, you know, some of those people in that, in that B range where it's like, all right, they're not the best, but they do get the job done. The customers like them. They're not hurting us per se. They're not, you know, these all-stars that we hope they would be. And these were all, you know, local people. We've done formal interview processes and hiring and staffing, especially in a growing organization. And we had to go at one point from 30 to 50 employees, basically overnight. So to hire 20 people, and this was local in an office to get 20 qualified technicians overnight, we were interviewing like crazy. And of those 20 people that were hired, there were one or two that were great, great employees, but that's five, 10% of a hiring spree. So that means 95 to 90% were not who they were on the resume. So if you're looking, if you have that misconception that I hire somebody and they will be an all-star and care as much as I do as the business owner, you know, the, the truth is most people, they want a job and most people want to do the least amount of work possible, make the most amount of money possible. Like it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's, that's not like, I can't understand why somebody wouldn't want to work 14 hour days. Like I was doing in the first year to make like $3 an hour and bang my head against the wall. Like that's, that's my brain. And I'm a crazy person, but regular people, they, they don't want to put forth that effort. So we we've touched on, you're paying them less in U.S. dollars. However, the the arbitrage into their currency, into rupees, is a very, very different. It's not $2 buys you a loaf of bread. It's a few cents buys you a loaf of bread. And if we're yeah. looking at it in actual value, not just in dollars for dollars, but how much that can actually buy you, So it's not like you're taking advantage of people. You're just basically being smart with your money. And if, if you're hiring percentage already and say someone's twice as good as we are at weeding out the not all stars, you're looking at an 80% fail rate doing it yourself and all the time and energy that goes into all that. So, so if someone 
you know, is working with you guys, do they have to go through the interview process of who's going to be working for them, working with them, finding new people, or is that sort of your, you guys have a pool that they get to get assigned to or choose from? What's that process look like up front? So you brought a point that you, if you work together, you will have to you know, do this. And some of the small firm doesn't have that HR process. And that's where we also come in together and our expertise of uh, attracting, uh, picking and, 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 and retaining talent comes in. So when we partner with firms, those are some additional points of concentration, you know, where we are able to attract the right talent, retain them, and, and pick them and retain them for you. So to, the process typically is very simple, you know, you give us your requirements, you present you with the, the right people, you choose from them. So it, it is no different than what you do for hiring in the US, um, but it is much more smoother and much more shorter because at the end of the day, you are not interviewing that dozens of candidates or just applying or you're not screening through hundreds of resumes. You screen through six or seven resumes, interview maybe three or four people and evaluate and, and, and close because we filter that process for you. So on an average, we, we to the best of we know, we save about uh, 18 to 20 hours for an accounting firm for recruit because we eliminate that process. Uh, however, it's important uh, when you're building your team, you invest a little bit of time in picking the talent, testing the talent. We do a large process of it, but there is a process of it which is important. And that's why we keep it very transparent with all our current and prospective client and building their team because at the end of the day, it's your firm and you have to work with them. However, uh, we also have another model where, where we call as as outsourcing model. Well, typically, we deploy a team and, and we map a client to that team and they'll get the projects and tasks work done and delivered. So that's where it, you know a team would be working uh, for, and it is typically for firms who are very seasonal work or smaller firms. Typically, we work, so just to give you an idea, we out of top 100 accounting firms, we work with almost 15, 15 of them, uh, large accounting firms, very, very large, with more than 200, 300, 400. Firms. So our average client size over a period of last three years has increased a lot because we have been working with a lot of large accounting firms now. But when we started, definitely we were working with smaller firms and then kind of, uh, you know, trying to, trying to help them scale and build their offshore team. But pandemic has really changed the scene. A lot of accounting firms and a lot of these clients have really, the perception has changed around offshoring. People are more willing to listen. Those firms which have part-time staff or, or 40 hours a week, one staff, they're now looking at expanding to two or three staff members. They used to do just seasonal tax work. Now they're looking to have a year-round audit position or a year-round accounting position. Or, or a back office assistant, or, or a virtual assistant. A lot of accounting firms are hiring virtual assistants from us now. We also staff virtual assistants where this, these assistants take a lot of work off your plate, you know, whether it's email or calling IRS or, or calling, you know, state boards or, uh, 
invoicing client, managing damages, managing CRM for you. A lot of accounting firms have started managing their own CRM now, which is a good thing, or managing tasks for the team. So, so yeah, a lot of good things is happening post-pandemic. And part of this, I mean, it's a way to look at it. And I, I recall on the uh, the webinar that someone had brought this up, but, you know, in the work from home post COVID, well, I guess, you know, we're in it, but post everyone's crazy afraid of COVID now where work from home isn't just for the, you know, cutting edge companies, but a lot of them are doing it. I mean, this essentially is a work from home sort of environment. Like it's, and you know, we have, we have people all over the United States and a few in other countries as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's working from home. So we have challenges of security and best practices that we have to apply that didn't necessarily, it's not even like they would have been a bad thing in the office, but are more important now that we're remote and we're seeing more and more firms that are, you know, growing from one to two to five to 10 uh, employees. And, you know, the CPA who started the company, they're, they're not familiar with any of the things that exist. They just want it to work. So they just kind of slap something together and, and it works, but they're not really following any best practices. And, you know, the line that I use a lot is, you know, everything works until it doesn't. And that's where you really have problems. And when you're hiring someone, it's not really to get the job done. Usually when you hire someone, it's so they don't make mistakes that are going to cost you dearly. So what are some of the um, mistakes that you guys help avoid or some of the best practices that you all um, recommend for clients when they're working with an offshore company? Sure. Uh, so uh, first of all, coming to the work from home point. So uh, we work from office, so we don't allow work from home because our client, uh, you know, uh, allowing work from home is against our agreements with our clients. Everybody works from our, our office. Um, that's 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 one thing. Uh, however, yes, work from home or remote working is a main driver today, or, or one of the big mega trends. And because of it, offshoring the company industry is also going really fast. Coming to your question on on quality of the work product or or how you know the quality of the talent you hire. So the ecosystem is fairly new, so you have to understand you can't expect to hire people with 10, 12, 15 years of experience. You, uh, today ecosystem is robust, growing really, very really fast. So you'll be able to get people with some experience, three years, four years, you know? So that that is the that's best bracket we should be looking at. So those are not very senior positions. So the work which is typically done like, you know, high level review or, or data input or, or you know, back office or talking to clients and following up the documents. So we we staff accounting and non-accounting roles, and mostly staffing in Dallas uh, between one to five years of experience. So the quality of talent kind of is is more kind of 
entry level to a little it's a little more experience uh, we definitely don't have many, much of talent beyond five six years of experience and it's not there in india so it's not there if it would be in india we are the largest company in india we would be able to attract most of them but there is there isn't that talent available um second thing you talk about the quality of the world i i remember again what tiffany mentioned two things here investment in training and investment in process these are the two key things if you want to really scale it offshore so we are like offshore tapping marketplace for talent if, if you're not able to work with this talent we'll give you another talent to work with, you know we own talent we train them and we pick the talent but at the end of the day you guys have to work together we facilitate that we make system convenient we actually really so we have a policy where people can become enrolled agents and cp and we sponsor them you know in our office so so we have those policies in place uh but uh, at the end of the day those investments in training and and and, and processes are important tiffany mentioned this in her interview and i'm i'm i'm, I'm kind of quoting her for a second time uh they they worked in for 3 years in with offshoring the seven staff member and she went she actually documented every smallest piece of this you know process of practice whether it is client side or team side the tax accounting payroll every aspect is she documented she mentioned that my staff was making errors but i made sure that they are not repeating that so whenever there is something because she think that error could be from our side also you know and in some of in some of the times they have to even uh you know uh let client know that we made this error and sorry for it and they have to let go the fees but that's how you operate you know in any environment so but she made sure that nobody is negligent nobody is everybody's understanding she she gave training to everyone of them and thereafter because she documented everything so even if the staff leaves she has documented processes so there is not much of the handover needed required although none of the staff member has left since they joined that's the story so processes and investment is key and picking the right talent as i told you though you know the ecosystem is fairly new so don't expect them to do 990s you know those are complex exempt organization tax return but business tax individual tax accounting outsource cfo sales tax payroll all of these is very very easy and people are able to do that so yeah to keep in mind as i said two things investment in processes and investment in training which ultimately is going to help you build a better company and you know when you have to take on larger people like employees senior level that perhaps isn't in the wheelhouse of things that organizations like yours can provide you have these systems already in place so you can get those senior people that are making a lot of money you can get them up to speed quickly as well and you know we look at it on our side and it's a very very extensive training process just to get people before they can even start working with clients because yeah you know, we want to make sure that everybody 
knows exactly what they're doing, how to do it. It's impossible to get somebody a hundred percent day one, but after about a week or so, when they start, you know, being able to follow sort of the North star of this is how we do things. Here's how I find the solutions. It usually ends up being a very smooth transition if they're the right person. So having those procedures and documents in place, you know, when, when I had first started, it was just me in my living room. It's like, I don't need documents. I don't need process procedures. It's all up in my head and that's good enough for me. And everyone I hire is just going to think the same way I do. And they do not do that. So having documented procedures and policies, it helps you scale. It helps you hire. It helps you grow. It helps replace people because people quit. It's very and, and the most important, most important benefit of processes is you're able to replicate yourself 70%. And when you can replicate yourself, you can work yourself on higher level, higher value things. So I could spend all day trying to figure out how to make, you know, a Photoshop document or something. And I could also, you know, outsource it for $50 and I could spend the same eight hours that it would have taken me to grow and figure out how to do this stuff that I'm not even making money for. I can flip my time and attention around and notice this client was emailing about a software that we don't currently have a reseller agreement for, but here is an opportunity for us to grow. Here's an opportunity for another sale and to help our clients out. And it's like, I can focus on that and that's going to multiply many, many, many times over. So my attention can be on things that are going to be higher impact, higher value, which is going to help improve the organization. And that's not just in the tech world. You know, this applies to every industry, but there's a lot of parallels between the accounting world and the IT world. And Sean, I want to be conscious of your time, but thank you so much for being on the show and dispelling some of these uh, stigmas around the offshoring conversation. Um, where can people find you online to learn more about you and integrity? Well, uh, 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 the website is www.integrity.com, E-N-T-I-G-R-E-Y. A lot of information, logs and insights out there. I mean, we do a lot of programs like this. We have done it together two times. So a lot of information is online on my LinkedIn profile, my company's LinkedIn profile. So, yeah, and then I think I enjoyed the conversation with you, Andrew, as always. And uh, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, if you enjoyed the show, please be sure to like and share it so we can help grow it. And if you are an accountant and you have an IT person and you'd like a second set of eyes just to review, make sure that they are doing things in accordance with the IRS, FTC, AICPA, and all the other alphabets of compliance. You can go to tech4accountants.net. That's tech, the number four accountants.net and sign up for a complimentary IT audit so we can make sure that you're person is following the best processes and procedures. And Sean, thank you so much for being on the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. 
Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.